0: hello new york giants fans and welcome to a new edition of the valentine's views podcast here on big blue view radio please like share and subscribe if you're watching on youtube and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts across the big blue view radio network all right we are just a couple days into the new year the giants face the philadelphia eagles on sunday in week 18 to end the 2023-24 NFL season and really aside from draft position that game is relatively meaningless for the Giants obviously sitting at number five in the draft right now it'd be nice to beat the Eagles be really emotionally satisfying to defeat the Eagles make sure that Philadelphia can't win an NFC East title but that would mean that the Giants could slide as low as number eight in the draft. Losing the game on Sunday with the right combination of, of losses by other teams, the Giants could move all the way up to number two in the draft. So really, from an overall long-term perspective, that's the only thing really riding on Sunday's game for the New York Giants. But in terms of of storylines There are plenty of other long-term things to think about to begin focusing on for the New York Giants. And with the new year just having started, I thought that what I would do today is set some New Year's resolutions for the New York Giants. Now, I'm not going to fix each and every problem. I'm just going to more or less point out the things that, that Joe Shane Brian Dable, the rest of the Giants organization really need to pay attention to, really need to address this coming off season. Throughout the off season at Big Blue View, we'll have all kinds of draft profiles, free agency profiles, analysis of the guys the Giants should keep and let go who are on their current roster. We'll have all of the off season coverage that you could possibly need, to uh, to keep up with your Giants and get ready for the 2024 NFL season, which seems like a long way away right now, but probably uh, but will be at the forefront of everyone's mind and probably already is. So anyway, without any further ado, let's get to some of Ed's New Year's resolutions for the New York Giants in 2024. The first one for me is answer the long-term quarterback question we know where the Giants are at quarterback right now Daniel Jones out for the season been out since the middle of the year with a torn ACL prior to that suffered a second serious neck injury of his career missed a few games with that Jones did not play well in 2023 Obviously, circumstances weren't good for Jones. The offensive line was terrible. Saquon Barkley was hurt for a part of that time. Wandale Robinson, who's emerged as a really dependable slot receiver for the Giants, missed the first couple of games as he rehabbed from his own torn ACL. Really wasn't the player that he is now in the first couple of games that he did play. So, you know, lots of things. The offensive line was atrocious. Andrew Thomas was hurt. Ben Bredesen missed a few games. Justin Pugh wasn't part of the roster at that point in time. Evan Neal was struggling. Lots of, of things went wrong while Daniel Jones was the Giants quarterback, but you can't absolve Jones from, from all of the blame. He obviously was had his own culpability for, you know, for some of the mistakes that he made, but really it was a bad situation for the Giants all the way around. But what we know is that Tyrod Taylor's not going to be the Giants quarterback of the future. We also know, I'm pretty sure, that Tommy DeVito, as much as he's a fan favorite, is not going to be the quarterback of the future. What are the Giants going to do? Are they going to use? their first pick in the draft whether it's at four or five wherever it might be are they going to use their first pick in the draft on a quarterback who is that quarterback going to be are they going to use their first pick at another position and then use the fact that they've got two second round picks they could use next year's first round pick or second round pick whatever they need to do to move back up and get what you might consider to be one of the second-tier guys, J.J. McCarthy, Bo Nix, or the, the hot name on everybody's lips right now, Michael Penix Jr. of Washington, coming off the fantastic college football playoff game that he had on Monday against Texas, where uh, Michael Penix looked like uh, looked like the greatest quarterback since uh, quarterback play was invented, but uh we know he's not all that, but he certainly looked like a guy who who belongs in the first-round conversation and maybe in the early first-round conversation. We'll see how all of that plays out over the next few months. But the Giants have to answer the long-term quarterback question. Are they going to push all of their chips to the center of the table and basically punt on the quarterback question in this draft? and say, we're comfortable with Daniel Jones. We think he can be our guy beyond 2024, and basically punt on that question and say, if he's not our guy, we'll go get that guy in the 2025 draft. I don't know. I I personally feel like, and I've written at Big Blue View, and I think I've said here on the show, that as much as I like Daniel Jones, this is a situation where... The Giants will have the draft capital. They'll be high enough up in the draft. There are enough quality quarterbacks available. And with Jones only having one more year of guaranteed money, plus the injury history that he's got, I think that it's really a no-brainer for the Giants to go and get a quarterback, whether they do that with Caleb Williams, Drake May, and Jaden Daniels, or whether they, they try to go with the, the Michael Penix, Bo Nix, J.J. McCarthy route, I don't know. But for me, somewhere early in this draft, they have got to go get a quarterback of the future. There's just too much water under the bridge with Daniel Jones. And I don't blame Daniel Jones for a lot of that. He's a, He's not a perfect quarterback. But the reality of the situation is, that it is really time for the Giants to begin looking at who's next. So I would like to see the Giants. Resolution number one for 2024 for the New York Giants, for me, is to answer the quarterback question, and and for me, more specifically, get the guy that they hope will be next after Daniel Jones in 2024. Resolution number two for me has to be address the offensive line. And this is one that we talk about every single year. We've talked about it year after year after year after year after year. When it comes to the Giants, fix the offensive line. Get some new players. Get a better coach for the offensive line. Do what you've got to do. To fix this group. It hasn't been good since that Super Bowl offensive line of David Deal. Rich Soibert, Chris Snee, Sean O'Hara, Kareem McKenzie. It hasn't been good since that line got old, aged out of the league. The Giants have tried and tried in the draft and free agency to to fix that line they've they've used a lot of high draft capital they've spent a lot of free agent money they've had a lot of head coaches and offensive coordinators they've had even more offensive line coaches and they have not <coughs> excuse me have not yet been able to fix that offensive line it's really been a decade or more of struggles on that line joe shane is now the one who's responsible figuring out how to fix that line how to help Daniel Jones in 2024 how to help whoever's the quarterback after that whether it's Jones or someone else but the offensive line truth be told was really the root of all of the Giants problems in 2024 nothing worked on offense or in 2023, excuse me, nothing worked on offense in the 2023 season because the offensive line didn't function, because Andrew Thomas got hurt and the Giants didn't have an adequate backup, because Evan Neal struggled again, because the guard situation was a mess. Every week it seemed like a different combination for much of the season. So the offensive line was a mess, and I don't know what the – actual answer is going to be I think it has to start with the Giants making an honest assessment of whether or not offensive line coach Bobby Johnson is the right guy to coach this position group you have to look at the young players that Joe Shane has drafted John Michael Schmitz in the second round this past year Evan Neal in round one the year before Josh Azudu in round three the year before Marcus McKeithen in round five the year before. Are those young players getting better? I think the answer largely has been no. Even John Michael Schmitz, who everybody thinks is going to be a solid long-term center. Watch him play the last couple of weeks. And he doesn't look like he's getting better. He's not pass protecting better. He's not picking up stunts any better. Justin Pugh is still helping John Michael Schmitz when it comes to getting the snap off on silent counts. He's So there are a lot of things that bother me right now about the way that John Michael Schmitz is playing and about the progress that the young offensive line are making. The fact that the Giants have been largely unable to pick up twists and stunts all year long on any sort of consistent basis bothers me. So, so many things that may or may not have to do with the talent on the offensive line per se. And I think that's the first decision the Giants have to make. Is Bobby Johnson the right head coach, or are they just not giving him the right players? So you make that decision, and then you address the personnel. Do you keep Justin Pugh and Ben Bredesen, who are both free agents who have been the starting guards, I happen to like Pugh very much. I'm just not sure he's a very good player at this point in his career. I happen to feel like Ben Bredesen is a backup. What do you do with Evan Neal? Do you move him inside to guard? Do you leave him at tackle under the guise of another, head or another offensive line coach in 2024 and see if that coach can unlock the player that you thought Evan Neal could be coming into the NFL? I don't know exactly what the answers are going to be for the Giants. I do know that it is a question that they finally have to solve. It's been ongoing for forever and ever now, it seems. It's been ongoing since the last time the Giants won a Super Bowl. In fact, cracks in that line had shown up before the Giants won the 2011 Super Bowl, and it hasn't gotten better. So... The Giants have to make an honest assessment of what they have, what they don't have, what they need to get, who needs to play where, of what they did during the 2023 season that didn't work in terms of constant rotation of players at guards, a lot of which probably wasn't necessary, not having an adequate left tackle backup on the original roster which hurt them immensely once Andrew Thomas got hurt, keeping guys like Matt Parrott on the roster, like Shane Lemieux on the roster, guys who weren't really helpful. So they, the Giants need to look at at everything when it comes to the offensive line. They need to look at their process. They need to look at their evaluation. They need to look at the decisions that they made, figure out where they went wrong, figure out what pieces they have that they can go forward with and figure out how to make some some progress toward getting this right finally because the Giants are not going to be a consistent contending football team until that offensive line is a solid
1: reliable group support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's SYLVAN29.com.
0: All right. Resolution number three that would be do everything they possibly can to fix the relationship between head coach Brian Dable and defensive coordinator Wink Martindale. Now, I don't know. If the if the hay is already out of the barn on this and that relationship is not fixable, I don't know what's going to happen. We might find out in a few days, you know, Brian Dable might fire Wink Martindale on Sunday night after the Giants Eagles game. Wink Martindale might announce his resignation on Monday morning. Who knows? There's going to be a ton of head coaching jobs available. I will guarantee you that a lot of those head coaches, those new head coaches around the league, would be happy to have Wink Martindale running their defense. He's a good defensive coordinator. He's an aggressive defensive coordinator. He's a guy who has a plan, has a philosophy, doesn't always work. Leaving cornerbacks on an island one-on-one sometimes Sometimes those guys get burned, but it is an aggressive philosophy. As Matthew Stafford of the Rams said the other day, Wink Martindale forces NFL coaches and NFL quarterbacks to prepare for more and to work harder to be ready than just about any other defensive coordinator in the NFL. I have often said that it would be a really good thing for the Giants If the Dable-Martindale relationship, whatever the issues are between the two men, we don't know what those are. They haven't spoken publicly about that. They've both just said the relationship is fine, which I think we know from some of the reporting that we've heard from from some of the interactions between the two of them that we've seen on the sidelines at times, we know that the relationship is not fine. We know that there's tension. We know that there are issues. But I have often said it would be better for Brian Dable if he's able to fix that relationship than if Martindale has to walk away or be led away and the Giants have to find a replacement. Players on the Giants' defense seem to love playing for Martindale. They love the aggressive philosophy. They love the freedom he allows them to have they love the way that he treats them the fact that he listens to them the fact that he he wants their input wants to incorporate their ideas into the defense and I say all of that knowing that Xavier McKinney had a a midseason rant where he said he didn't feel listened to at times and I, I think that was frustration from McKinney who really didn't play well the first half of the year really hadn't been the impact player that the Giants needed him and wanted him to be, and actually has largely been that guy since his little mid-season tirade. So maybe that was a, a good cleansing moment for McKinney and, and has allowed him to move forward and be better. But but I think Wink Martindale's presence on this coaching staff is a good thing and is one that, that Joe Shane and Giants ownership should hope they're able to uh, they're able to continue with and and hopefully the Giants will do everything they can to uh, to solve that situation beyond that, we know that the Giants also have a lot of questions on their coaching staff. We don't know what's going to happen with any of the coordinators. We don't know what's going to happen with Bobby Johnson. We know that running backs coach Jeff Nixon could well be the offensive coordinator at Syracuse University next season. Strength coach Craig Fitzgerald has already moved on to Florida. There could be other turnover on the coaching staff. We know there have been reports that Brian Dable is hard on his coaches, that maybe some of his coaches, many of whom never worked with Dable before coming to the Giants, didn't have a relationship with him. You know, that maybe some of those coaches don't like the way that Brian Dable treats them behind the scenes. And if that is the case, and I don't know if it is the case, but if that is the case, and if that is going to cost the giants, good position coaches, they would rather keep then Joe Shane, who came in with Brian Dable, who hired Brian Dable to be the giants head coach, John Mara, Whoever Brian D'Abel trusts in that front office, in that ownership group, they need to impress upon Brian D'Abel that, yes, it's fine to be tough on coaches. It's, it's fine to be tough on your employees. It's fine to have expectations and have standards. But you don't want to treat people in a way behind the scenes that drives them away that drives them to seek employment elsewhere. You don't want to be driving good position coaches out of the building by the way that you treat them and and I don't know that Brian Dable is doing that. I'm not there. I don't have people telling me from inside the building that that is what he's doing. I've seen reports of some people saying that those kinds of things are going on. I haven't personally been able to confirm any of that or or have not personally heard any of that myself, but if those things are indeed true and if Brian Dable is not treating his assistant coaches in a way that makes them want to continue to work for him, then that is something that needs to be addressed with Brian Dable. First and foremost, I hope that that the relationship between Dable and Martindale is able to be mended. And again, the other part of that resolution would be if Brian Dable is indeed not treating his coaches in a way that makes them want to stay and makes them want to continue to try to build something with the Giants, that that is something that also needs to be addressed. Resolution number four. Settle the Saquon Barkley situation. Now, I did not say sign Saquon Barkley to a long-term contract. I did not say let Saquon Barkley walk in free agency. I said settle the situation. What the Giants did last year was a little game of chicken with Saquon Barkley. They put a long-term contract offer out there. They pulled it off the table. They put it back on the table. They held the franchise tag over his head. They they basically said point blank that signing Daniel Jones was a higher priority for them than signing Barkley, and they held to that word. When push came to shove, the Giants would not come up with a couple million dollars more in terms of average annual value, a couple million dollars more in terms of guaranteed money. They pretty much held held their line and said, "You know, this is what we will offer, and you can say yes or you can say no. And if you say no, then we'll just use the franchise tag, which is what eventually happened, and which leads us." to the situation we are now in, where it's a year later and the Giants are in the same situation. They have the franchise tag to use again. They have a Barkley question. Will he be a Giant long-term? Will he be a Giant again in 2024? Will they come up with a long-term deal? Do they want to come up with a long-term deal for Saquon Barkley? They weren't willing to go out on a limb and and give him that 3-year deal maybe with 2 years guaranteed a year ago I often advocated 3 years 39 million for Barkley with the first 2 years guaranteed considering the 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 numbers that were kicked around last year you know toward the the franchise tag deadline which which talked about 22 23 million dollars guaranteed on a 3-year deal something like that I can guarantee you that 3 years 39 million with the first 2 years which would be 26 million guaranteed or even 3 years 36 million with with 24 million guaranteed would have gotten a deal done. I can guarantee you that Barkley would have signed you know deals with those numbers attached to them, but the Giants didn't go that far. They didn't put that on the table. I don't know that they'll be willing to do that again this year. Barkley's a year older. He's got a few hundred more carries, you know, a few hundred more hits on his body. We've seen him drop some passes this year. He suffered another high ankle sprain. That's, I think, the third one of his career. So it's another year with another injury, more wear and tear. He's a year older, a year closer to that uh to that thirty-year-old mark, where running backs tend to, uh, to to fall off a cliff, you know, most of the time. I mean, there are exceptions. Tiki Barber was an exception. Adrian Peterson, you know, was an exception. Frank Gore was an exception. But there are a lot of uh, a lot of guys in in general, and and the numbers basically tell us that that running backs reach a certain point where paying them big money is simply something where you just don't get the return on investment. Do the Giants feel like they've gotten to that point? Do they even want to sign Saquon to another three-year contract? I don't know the answers to to that question, but what I don't want to see is I don't want to see the Giants drag this out. Either say up front, we're going to get this done and and get it done, uh, or... Just let Saquon hit free agency and, and move on. You have to resolve this. What what I do? The other thing that I know, or that I think I know, I, because Saquon hasn't said this to me directly. No one in Saquon's camp has said this to me directly. But Saquon played nice in 2023 when the Giants. Used the franchise tag on him. He signed an amended franchise tag, which had less than a million dollars of incentives added to it. Incentives that he was never going to reach, to be honest with you. They were all tied to the playoffs. They were all, you know, first of all, tied to the Giants making the playoffs, tied to how much he played, how many yards he gained. He was never going to reach those incentives unless things went absolutely perfectly for the Giants in 2023, and we know that they did not. He not only signed that tag, but he signed it in time to show up for the first day of training camp. Jonathan Taylor didn't do that and ended up with a nice contract. Josh Jacobs didn't do that with the Raiders, and Josh Jacobs being the other free agent who was was in a contract situation, he ended up with a nice contract. Saquon played nice and yet a year later, it's Saquon Barkley who is back in that when-do-I-get-my-contract situation. So if the Giants, who have the franchise tag at their disposal, if they try to use it, I don't think Saquon is going to play nice this time. I don't think he's going to sign it. I don't think he's going to show up at training camp. He may push for a trade. He may push it into the regular season. I don't know but I think it would turn ugly, and I think the Giants should be resolved to make absolutely sure they don't put themselves in that situation in 2024. I don't know which way they should go. You can make arguments on either way that the Giants should move on from Barkley or that if you guarantee him money for two years, he'll still be a really good player for that period of time. And then you can move to find a replacement. You can argue, you can argue either way. It depends on on what you believe about running backs and what you believe about Saquon Barkley and whether you think the the allocation of resources to Barkley would be a good one for the Giants. I would have no problem with two years of guaranteed money for Barkley, somewhere in the $12 to $13 million range, you know, $24 to $26 million of guaranteed money over three years. I would have no problem with with that at all, with the third year not being guaranteed. But we'll see how it plays out. The final New York Giants resolution of 2024, for me, I have listed here, as I prepped for this show, I wrote down, get more difference makers. I get asked every single year when we get to the offseason, when we get to free agency, when we get to the draft, what positions should the Giants target? Should it be quarterback? Should it be wide receiver? Should it be offensive tackle? Should it be defensive line? Should it be edge rusher? Should it be cornerback? Should it be whatever? And when I look at this Giants roster, my answer to all of that is yes, it should be all of that. What the New York Giants don't have is enough talent. We talked a year ago, Joe Shane talked a year ago about the talent gap that existed between the Giants and the Philadelphia Eagles and the other top-tier teams in the NFL. When you look at the Eagles, you look at the Cowboys, you look at the best teams in the AFC, you look at those rosters and what you see across those rosters are difference-making players at every level of the roster, difference-making players at quarterback, difference-making players at skill positions, guys who are obvious number one players, a number one wide receiver, a top-tier tight end. You have multiple guys on the offensive lines of these teams who are stud players, the Eagles for example probably have two players who are going to the Hall of Fame Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey. You know, they have multiple guys who are top tier offensive linemen. Same with the Dallas Cowboys. You look at the the defensive side of the ball, most of these teams have multiple pass rushers, multiple guys in their on their defensive line and in their linebacking and edge core who are difference makers, who are game changers. You have a couple of guys in the secondary who are game changers. I look at the New York Giants and I see a handful of game changers. I see Saquon Barkley. I see Andrew Thomas when he's healthy. I see Kayvon Thibodeau. I see Dexter Lawrence. I see the potential for a guy like Deontay Banks to be that difference maker. I see that Xavier McKinney, who's a free agent to be, can at times be a difference maker. I see the potential for a guy like Jalen Hyatt to be a game-changing player. I see that at times Darius Slayton can be a game-changing player, but he's not a number one wide receiver. You see Darren Waller on the roster, but that that he's not really the player that he used to be, that he's not really the game-changing player the Giants hoped he would be. And what I, I don't want to argue about, oh, the Giants need an edge rusher, or they need a pass rusher, or they need another cornerback, or they need a wide receiver. They do need a wide receiver. They do need another cornerback. They need all of those things. What they primarily need is more top-tier, grade-A talent. They need more players on their roster who change games. Think about what they had when they won Super Bowls. They had Eli Manning, who was a game-changing quarterback. They had game-changers at running back. They had one of the league's best offensive lines. They had Plaxico Burris at wide receiver. They had Hakeem Nicks. They had Victor Cruz. They had game changers at every level of their defense. They don't have that right now. And for me to say, oh, they have to draft this player at this position, or they have to draft a guy at that position. I just want them to to accumulate as many difference makers as they possibly can. Now you can't in a 7 round draft not every player is going to be a difference maker you're lucky if you get a you're you're lucky to really and truly get a couple of difference makers and a couple of contributors out of a draft class maybe if you dip into free agency you can add one true difference maker if if the giants are somehow able to to add Cincinnati wide receiver T. Higgins in free agency, who is really a number one caliber wide receiver. If they're able to do that, that would be outstanding. But, you know, my, in terms of resolutions, in terms of goals for the Giants, their goal, I think each and every offseason needs to be add as many difference-making players as possible. If that's a difference-making quarterback, if it's a guy who they think you know can make players around him better, can rise above circumstances, then great. Go do that. If it's a difference-making edge rusher who, who can pair with Kayvon Thibodeau, then go ahead and do that. If, if there's a guy out there they think is the best offensive tackle in the class, Go ahead and do that, even if it means they move Evan Neal inside whether they want to or not. Add difference makers whenever possible. Add as many as possible. You you fill out the depth of a roster the best that you can. You obviously it's a 53 man roster. It turns out be to be a, a 70 or a 75 man roster by the time the season is over because of injuries and because of needs, because of turnover on the roster during the year, but if you're going to be a top-tier team, you have to have difference makers. You have to have guys who are better athletes than the than the guys on the other team. You have to have guys who who can do special things at critical moments, and for me, the Giants just don't have enough of those players yet, and hopefully... Joe Shane, Brian Dable will continue to uh, to accumulate those kinds of players as the Giants try to, to close the gap on teams like the Eagles and the Cowboys and the best teams in the NFL and become consistent contenders. All right, Giants fans, that's uh, that's the show for today. Those are my five New Year's resolutions for the 2024 New York Giants. Let us know in the comments if, you, uh, if you're if you on YouTube and you can comment. Let us know if you agree, disagree, whatever. If you have questions for the weekly Big Blue View mailbag, which runs on our site every Saturday morning, send those to bigblueview at gmail.com. If you want to follow us on, on Twitter, you can follow Big Blue View on Twitter. You can follow us on Instagram. You can follow us on Facebook. And as I've mentioned, you know, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, You can check me out over on over on threads. If you're looking for a a non Elon Musk platform, you can check me out over there at Ed.Valentine. So uh, wherever you uh, wherever you choose to consume Giants information, you can find a big blue view platform that will allow you to do that. All right. Thank you, Giants fans. Please remember to stay safe out there, take care of each other, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.
1: More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads